Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. I hope everyone had a great week and a great, awesome, safe 4th of July. I I don't know about where you guys live, but they are still very much in fireworks mode over here. Um, And it's just so ridiculous. Those big M80s and, you know, letting off sparklers in the daytime. I just, I don't understand the appeal. I mean... To me, fireworks aren't even really worth it unless you're like at Disneyland or, you know, somewhere where it's like professional, beautiful fireworks. Those hood fireworks just don't do it for me. They're a nuisance. They scare my cats. It's just, you know, petition to get those taken away, (laughs) even though I know that'll never happen. But at least do it at nighttime. Like, why are you letting off sparklers in the daylight? Come on about this on today's episode uh we were just kind of you know just kind of musing about like our beginning and wondering when the other knew like this person was someone that you know we want to kind of take seriously like was there like a moment or like what happened something they said so I was just letting him know that once I realized how consistent he was and how transparent he was about his life, what he, what he thinks, how he feels, that's kind of when I knew like, okay, he's not like, you know, any other guys I've really dealt with. He's just very open and honest and forthcoming about everything. And he's not shy to let you know you know what's going on with him and he has no problem letting me you know into his world which I truly truly appreciate um one of the first moments I realized that he was fully transparent and is in and is willing to work with me as far as like maybe some leftover damage from previous situations like I know I've been kind of shell-shocked in the past you know, with dating and dealing with men who hide things and hide major things and they come out later and you just feel kind of bamboozled, you know, and I was letting him know, you know, a few examples of what, you know, has happened to me um, because it came up because he took a trip back home to his hometown in Florida and he was going back for a wedding for his sister and um, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll be gone a few days and, um, you know, I'll be back on this day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And that's totally normal. Like, you know, but for me, I've literally been in situations where people will say they're going somewhere for one thing and it's a completely other situation. And then it all comes out later in this big mess. Right. So I was kind of joking with him. I was like, oh, haha. Are you sure you're not going back for your own wedding? Because with my luck, that would be the case, right? And he was like, wow, has something like that happened to you? And I was like, yeah, honestly. 
So I was just kind of filling him in briefly on a couple of things that have happened to me like that. So to combat that and to ease my mind and to kind of give me a little less worry about the situation. And he didn't even have to do this, but he just felt called to do it. And I just thought it was so sweet. So he screenshots his itinerary for him and his sons. Um, his return flight information. Uh, he was actually officiating the wedding. So he sent me like a picture of his certificate that he got. He sent me screenshots of like the conversation between him and his sister and his family about, you know, the itinerary once they get out of town, like what time the wedding is, where the wedding is, where the rehearsal dinner was like just he just went above and beyond like just to be like look this is really where I am I'm not trying to fool you I'm not secretly getting married I'm not going to Florida and just never coming back like this is what it is so it was like overkill but like in the best way and that's like a more extreme example of, of a time that he's done that but he just overall he's just very very transparent He's an actor, and at any given moment, he can end up on a flight somewhere to uh, shoot something, or, you know, he has a sudden audition or a callback or a fitting, and, you know, it, it, it can be at a moment's notice, but he'll always make sure just to like send a quick little screenshot of like his manager sending the confirmation email or you know, he'll send me the breakdown of whatever it is he was auditioning for. And it's not as much as it was in the beginning, but I did notice that he did that, you know, for my benefit. And that just kind of went a long way towards, you know, slowly building that trust to where now he doesn't really have to do that. Um, and I don't expect it. If he does, that's awesome. But it's probably more just for general, you know, FYI. But yeah, I just I just truly, truly appreciated that. And I, it's not something I've really experienced. I've experienced a lot of situations where men are hiding things. And I wanted to talk about a couple of uh, instances today because, you know, last week I spilled a lot of tea about a situation that happened to me and it felt good. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that again this week. So buckle up. <laughs> so flashback to a point where I was at uh, a JC and I was taking some classes it was like the beginning of the spring semester I think I was uh, going to Elko but I was at the Compton Center at the time so I remember you know I went to class I think it was like a history class and I you know had my books I went in I sat down and you know the first day of class you're really not doing too much so we're just kind of like talking about what the class is going to be about teachers making sure everybody has their books the book was like super expensive but you know I was I was like let me just get it and be prepared <laughs> um, so I remember I had the book and a lot of people were like wanting to see my book to make sure you know they get the right one they're asking me like how much it is where I got it blah 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 and I'm like at the time I was just thinking like get at the bookstore like where you think I got this from you know my attic like get it from the bookstore so <laughs> anyway there was this one guy in particular he was um you know looking at my book and he was I remember him flipping through the pages kind of like counting how many pages there were and he gave it back to me and he was like um hey you know can I can can we talk after class about the book like I have a proposition for you and I'm like 
Okay, so class wraps up. He and I kind of exit at the same time. He introduces himself. He says his name, you know, for all intents and purposes. His name is Dante, right? Um, He tells me, like, look, this book is super duper expensive. Let's, like, do something here that will benefit both of us. You give me the book. I will make copies of the book and for both of us and then you can return your book and get your money back it sounded like a good idea to me that book was like $80 and if he was going to pay for the copies like that's even better um so I jumped on it and I'm like okay cool thanks like if anything I know how to track him down he's in the class I can ask the teacher whatever if anything goes wrong if he just makes out off with my book I don't know why he would do that but he seemed cool so I was like sure you know so I'm like okay thanks hand him the book I start you know walking back to my car but I notice he's kind of like still behind me and I'm like yes (laughs) and he you know just starts chatting me up and he's just like you know where are you from blah 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 what are you in school for you know that whole thing and he's just very much obviously interested now he wasn't really my type and isn't that the way it goes ladies like you get approached by a guy that's not really your type but he seems nice so you give him a shot and then he ends up dogging you out anyway uh anyway he wasn't like ugly or anything he was just kind of short and stout and bald (laughs) but he was like kind of cute so I was like all right like you know sure like here's my number he wanted to take me out and I'm like okay sure funny thing is I ended up dropping the class I did return the book um, and he did make the copies, um, but I ended up dropping the class, but he and I just continued to date each other. So, you know, I mean, he was really like laying it on thick from the beginning. Like I remember he brought me flowers when he picked me up for our first date, took me to this really fancy rash restaurant in Manhattan beach. He was just very much a gentleman. He was a little older, um, which was a little different for me. I think he was, um, I mean, he's not, it's not old because I'm in, I'm that age now. I think he was about 30 something, but I was like early twenties at the time. So, you know, he just seemed like so much older and like he had his shit together. So that was kind of like what made me attracted to him. And he was just very nice, very sweet, good listener. You know, he wasn't like too touchy feely or grabby or anything. He was just like a gentleman. So he's telling me about his life. He's letting me know that he has a son who was like a toddler at the time. He said he had one son and that the mom wasn't in the picture. He said that she was on drugs, crack to be specific, and that he was a single father and he um, lived with his sister who helped him out with his son, you know, when he wasn't home because she had kids and they all just kind of, I don't know, co-raised their kids together. So... I mean, I'm kind of young. I'm not really trying to be a stepmom. So I didn't really press the issue, but I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You have a crackhead baby mama and you're raising your toddler around like alone. Like, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, you know, pass the bread. Like, <laughs> It was just, you know, it was just I took it at face value and I was just like, OK, so he and I um, dated for about a year and I mean, we saw each other routinely multiple times a week. You know, he, I remember 
he would like buy me little gifts and stuff. He would just give me cash and it wasn't anything weird. Like he wasn't giving me cash for ass or anything. Sorry, mom. But like, (laughs) it wasn't like that. He was just like, oh, you need some money for the week. Like he was just like, you know, it wasn't quite sugar daddy, but it was kind of, you know, and I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be like, no, don't give me money. But that's just very much how he was. And, you know, and he took care of me. Like we would go out, we would go hookah. Like he would make sure I was fed, make sure I was having a good time. He definitely paid for everything. I wasn't allowed to touch doorknobs. Like he was just really like, like that dude. And everything seemed cool. Now, I wasn't like head over heels for this guy. I liked him, but something, something was like keeping me from like being all in. I mean, he spoiled me. He took care of me. He paid for everything. He was a gentleman. He, you know, he always kept in touch. Like he always took me out to like these new, like fancy places. Like everything was cool and he was nice. He was funny, you know, but there was just always something that just kept me from like holding back. Like it just kept me holding back. So I remember like six months in, I tried to dump him because it was like something just wasn't clicking. I was like, everything seems to be going just so well, but like, there's just something missing here. I feel like I just need to just kind of end it now. Like something just doesn't seem right. And I remember we were at dinner and I was like, you know, Dante, like, I really appreciate, you know, how you treat me, but I just don't think like we're that compatible. Like just something seems off here. And he like full on starts crying in the restaurant. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm like, I'm in love with you. And, you know, you can't do this. Like, what can I do differently? Like, I feel like, you know, I, I do everything I can to take care of you, blah, 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 blah. And in my young mind, I'm like, well, he does do that. I'm like, why am I breaking up with him again? So I don't know. Obviously, he was manipulating me looking back. But I was like, OK, forget it. We can like stay together. It's fine. <laughs> so we carry on for like another almost six months after that. And it's more of the same going out, hanging out, taking little day trips, him giving me money and taking care of me and you know, that's, that's that. So I remember it was around February. Cause I remember it was like close to, uh, Valentine's day. I took a trip to San Antonio to visit my aunt, uncle. And at the time my new little cousin, uh, who was like a baby at the time. And I went to go visit and I was spending time out there. I was still like texting and talking to Dante like normal, you know, although I miss you, I miss you. We're going to do this when you get back, that kind of thing. Right. So I'm there for maybe like a week or two, a week in, um, Dante sends me a link to this YouTube video, um, because he was uh, into music production. Right. So he sent me a link to a song he worked on with some artist and he was like, oh, I want you to listen to it. Like, let me know what you think. So I'm like, okay. So I click on it and I'm listening to it and I'm going through like the description of the video. And there's like all these links to these social media platforms. And one had his name on it. Now he told me he didn't have social media. I'm a pretty good detective when it comes to that. And I couldn't find anything on this guy this whole time. So I was like, well, maybe he just, you know, he's just one of those people who's not into it. Cause it, it that, that can happen. So I click on the link and it takes me to an Instagram and it's Dante's Instagram. And there are hundreds of photos of him 
and his wife and his three children. There's photos of them in the car, hashtag Bible study, hashtag the family that prays together, stays together. You know, he has posts of his wife, my beautiful queen. There's like anniversary posts, like they've been together like 10 years. You know, mind you, he only told me that he had one child, like a toddler, right? He had two older children, like a toddler and like maybe one in elementary school, but he also had a newborn, which means the newborn was born in the year he and I have been seeing each other. And I was just so flabbergasted. Like I just, I'd never, oh my God, I'd, I'd never been so like my, my, I feel like, you know, my, my wig had got blown back. Like it was just, and it was just so many pictures and like recent pictures. And I'm just like, he told me she was a crackhead. He said he only had one child. I mean, he really like painted this horrible picture of like the mother of his one child. And then I started spiraling because I'm like, that means he had a baby like during this whole time. And I know you're probably wondering, like, how the hell did she, you know, not notice something was like wrong like how does she not know that he had a wife and all that like look he said he was a single father he had a toddler and it was like his sister and her kids at home I wasn't really pushing the issue of going to his house or anything um you know I'm thinking he has like a little kid there and his sister I'm young I just want to go out I want to have fun I want to take trips I want to do this I want to do that plus he was very accessible I could call him anytime, day or night. He would pick up the phone. We saw each other three, four times a week sometimes. We would have overnights. Like he came and met my family. Like he came and put the razzle dazzle on them in the living room. My grandma, my mom, they were just loving him and how he was treating me. And I mean, I just had no reason to think that he had like a whole other life. Like we were always out. We were always together. And like I said, I could reach him day or night. And it, and there was never an instance where we were on the phone. And he was like, oh, uh, I got to go. I got to go. Like, there was nothing weird at all. Like, I was borderline impressed for how he <laughs> he kept up that charade. And I'm like, I, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. So again, my heart wasn't super duper invested. I wasn't in love with him, but it was like, just the audacity and just the principle of the thing like you feel really violated and lied to and he made you a mistress without you know made me a mistress without let me not be so vague like let's keep it where it is right he made me a mistress without me knowing and I just felt so gross I was so upset so I like screenshotted everything and I sent it to him and I was like what the hell is this you're a filthy liar like I just I couldn't believe it and he's like blowing up my phone leaving me voicemails like it's not like that like I was gonna leave her and just like all kinds of bs so you know me back then I acted without thinking my first thought was look I'm about to blow his spot up right so like a couple of weeks prior he had sent me flowers like just because flowers to my house and he had written like this handwritten note to go with it so I had taken a picture of the note like just like a keepsake just in case I lose the note and I still had it on my phone so his wife was like tagged 
in all of the Instagram photos, right? So I clicked on her stuff and I sent her a picture of the note, like your husband's cheating on you. We've been seeing each other for a year. You probably know what his handwriting looks like and how he talks. This is a note that he sent me recently. Here are pictures of us. This is what's been going on. Like I just aired it all out, like without thinking. Now, if something were to happen like that, I probably would just back away quietly. But at the time, I was just so pissed off and I was just like in a blind rage that I just did it. Sent it to her and she wanted to talk. We, She and I talked on the phone and I just told her everything. I said, I swear I didn't know about you, but I think you should know because it's it's been a year. He said that he only had one child. He denied two of your children. And he said that the mother of his quote unquote one child was a crackhead. Like he denied you. He, you know, spoke ill of you. Like, I just need you to know this. I'm done with him. You don't have to worry about me. I just thought you should have that information. And she was like, oh, wow. She was so upset, but she was like so thankful that I let her know. It just sounded like, you know, I don't know. It almost sounded like she was relieved or something. So she thanked me. And that was that course the rest of my trip he's blowing me up he was like how could you tell my wife (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) what a dumbass he was like why did you tell my wife she's threatening to take my kids like like how could you do this like everything obviously was my fault right at this time and I did kind of feel bad because I was like oh my god like did I just ruin the kids lives are they gonna have like a two like two separate households, two separate Christmases now because of me. But I was, I had to like stop thinking like that. Cause I'm like, maybe I could have kept it in, but you know, if he hadn't cheated in the first place, this wouldn't be happening. Right. But then he started telling me that she was like threatening him with a knife and she was like telling the whole church about what he did. And he was just really just painting this horrible picture and, you know, trying to blame it on me. And, you know, I just I just had to like block him at that point. I was like, look, whatever goes on with them, that's their business. He shouldn't have lied. He picked the wrong one, <laughs> you know. So I know it, it got a little out of hand over the following weeks. I remember being at work and getting like random phone calls that I wouldn't answer, like from blocked numbers. Um, one time I did pick it up and it was her and he was like in the background and she was like, well, Dante says you're lying. He says that none of that ever happened. You know, it was, it just got really messy. And I told her, I said, look, he's probably saying what he has to say to keep you. That's between you guys. I don't want any parts of this anymore. Like I have a life to live. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here. If you think I'm lying, then that's what you think. Like do what you got to do, you know? And I guess she didn't really like that. Um, And he obviously was like filling her head with a bunch of stuff. Obviously, he's saying what he has to say to keep his marriage together. Right. So she would keep calling me. She would end up she would send me text messages of like them kissing and holding hands. And she would put like, oh, you silly, young, dumb girl. Like you thought he loved you, but he knows where his heart is, blah, 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 blah. And I remember I was just like, is she really like at this point? I was like over it. But just the fact that she just kept texting me from random numbers trying to make me feel bad, I went off on her. I was like, look, lady, like you're the one that's stuck with him. 
and you have three kids with him you're probably not going to get divorced because of your religion or whatever um your morals i don't know but that's your cross to bear you're you're the one that is old and dried up and you have to sit there and be with that man for the rest of your life knowing that he cheated on you with me for a year and also knowing that I'm probably not the first and I'm not gonna be the last like you're the one that's stuck I'm free and I have my whole life ahead of me and I can make much better choices than you are and I remember I just went off on her and I know it's really really mean in hindsight but she you know um, don't push me I was just trying to live my life and move on and forget everything happened I thought I was doing her a favor if you want to forgive your man and move past a cheating scandal that is between you and him and your church your kids your mailman just leave me out of it I don't care (laughs) and after that I blocked the final number that she kept hitting me up from and I I didn't really hear from her again so it was just such a wild wild ride and it was just so unnecessary and it just really it really just kind of scared me a little bit because like I said I there was just no indication at the time even in hindsight that he was lying about something that big I maybe I didn't ask enough questions I didn't prod enough but I mean I really had no complaints he was taking care of me we spent time I I could hit him up whenever I needed to and nothing seemed shady we were never out and he had to like suddenly rush back home or anything like nothing like that everything he was very everything was very well planned like he that's how I know I wasn't the first one he's done this with because he just had it down to a science it seemed but it just made me realize that men could be very very good at lying and you just never know I mean all things done in the dark come to light so stuff will come out eventually but in the moment you just never really know what someone is lying about and that to this day still kind of freaks me out because you can be getting played and you'll never know and that's something that I did talk to Blue about because I'm like that's something I have to work on it's a trust thing you know I'm a little scarred but you know (laughs) I'm, I'm working on it but I think he is very good about meeting me halfway and trying to ease that 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 trigger a little bit which I really really like now back in 20 what was it back in 2016 I was seeing this guy, uh, let's call him Mike. (laughs) I was seeing this guy named Mike and I'll keep this one brief because, you know, we can kind of fast forward to the uh, juicy um, Jerry Springer stuff. So (laughs) I can't remember where I met him. I just remember he was like a transplant here in LA from Uganda, right? We were seeing each other for, I don't know, maybe five months or so. Um, things are going pretty good. Um, this is one where I can take responsibility and just, I wasn't asking the right questions. There was some red flags I ignored. He was very sloppy. He wasn't as good as Dante as far as like, you know, keeping things tight and keeping his ducks in a row. I was just choosing to ignore a lot of stuff because I thought he was really hot. So, um, this is around 
the holidays, like the Christmas holidays of 2016. Um, we were at a point where, you know, he was like, oh, like, you know, I want to meet your family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So I arranged for him to come to my Christmas family dinner. And, you know, all that day, I'm checking my phone, like, okay, where is he? He's not responding to my texts. He's, you know, not responding to my voicemails. My family is kind of like, you know, not my whole family, but I think my mom was like, oh, is he coming? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, he's just tied up with whatever. Like, I'm just making excuses for him, right? So, like, we get through the gift opening, the cooking. Like, it's getting down to the wire. I'm still calling his phone. He's not picking up. It's not even ringing anymore. So, it's like his phone is off and it's going straight to voicemail. I was really embarrassed because I'm like, I don't just invite people over for Christmas dinner and like get my family all worked up about, you know, having this, you know, male suitor come, you know, with Mel to dinner. So I grab my keys and I go to his place and he lives in the valley and I don't like going to the valley. But in this moment, mind you, it's Christmas day. I, I was something just said, go see what's going on. Something's going on. So everything kind of aligned to make this happen like to make this discovery happen so I mean everything I was hitting all green lights there was no traffic obviously I mean it's Christmas evening so not a lot of people were out but I mean I was hitting all the green lights it just took no time to get there it was like I floated there so I get there and like someone just happened to be leaving the garage so I was able to get into the garage there was plenty of parking I found a parking spot someone was coming out of the like locked gate where the stairs were to the apartments and I just slipped right in behind the person like everything was just lining up so I knock on the door and his roommate answers and I'm like hey is Mike here and his roommate's kind of like looking around like uh 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 and I was like I forgot something so I need to come in and get it so I pushed past him and I <laughs> I started looking around the, his roommate goes in his room with his girlfriend and shuts the door and I'm like good so I'm looking around and I'm noticing like in the kitchen and in his living space like it looks like he had like made something there was like like he had made a pie or something right and then I'm seeing like hangers and clothes laid out and there's like an ironing board up like it looked like he made a pie and he picked out nice clothes and he ironed them he got dressed and he went somewhere where I don't know but it wasn't my house so I'm getting even more pissed by the second right so I'm I don't even know what I'm looking for at this point because he's not picking up his phone I don't want to go bother the roommate so I just start looking around just opening drawers just just being very nosy right I open up a drawer on the side of the bed and there's this old phone in there like an old ugh, Motorola something right something says go through the phone it's charged it lights up there's like text messages in it from like a year or two ago from some girl, you know, saying, I love you, Mike, something, something. These are old text messages, but something told me, call this number. Like, I mean, seriously, it was like a message from the universe into my brain that said, call this number. It's old. These text messages are two years old, but just call this number. So I call it. It rings and rings. This girl picks up. Sounds like she's on speaker. Um, or I'm on speaker and she's like hello and I said hi this is gonna sound really weird but um, 
do you know someone named Mike? Are you with Mike? Like, do you know where he is? And she was like, uh, he's been right here in the car with me. Who is this? And he instantly recognizes my voice. And I hear him go, oh my God. And she's like, what? Oh, your God, who is this? And I said, I'm his girlfriend, Melanie. Like, who were you? And she was like, I'm his girlfriend, so-and-so. And what do you, like, why are you calling me? I said, well, I'm at his apartment wondering where the hell he is. He was supposed to be at my place to meet my family for Christmas. She was like, oh, you're at his apartment. We're, we're on our way right now. Can you stay there so we can figure this out? And he's in the, I can hear him in the background just having like a full bone panic attack. I was like, sure, I can stay. So she was like, okay, cool. We'll be there in a minute. So I go downstairs and wait for them to pull up. They pull up and this girl comes out. He comes out. She and I shake hands and, you know, she's like, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, I'm Melanie. And as she and I are talking, we see him make a beeline for his car. He tries to run. I swear it was like, it was literally like Maury or Jerry Springer where the guy just takes off and he ran. He tries to go to his car. I've never moved that fast in my life, but I somehow beat him to his car and I get in the way of, you know, the driver's door and I sit down in the driver's seat like you're not going anywhere. Oh my God. And everybody listening, this is just not one of my proudest moments. Okay. This was just so ghetto. It was such a scene, but I was just so heated. I was in the valley on Christmas. Like that's the last place you want to be. So (laughs) I was just, it was just pure adrenaline and just, I don't know, just being pissed off. That was fueling me. So I'm sitting in his car. I'm yelling at him. I'm like, well, how could you do this? Like who, like what is going on? I was like, why would you lie? Uh, Who is she? And she's like yelling the same thing to him, except she's hitting him and beating him up. And she's like clocking him in the face. And I'm just, I've never seen anything like it. Like I wasn't going to go that far, but I mean, she's like kicking his ass and we're like both yelling at him and I'm like I'm like okay okay like you know like ease up like he can't answer us if you're pummeling him like that so um he finally stops trying to escape we kind of get him into like the stairwell and sit him down and we just get like all the information from him and he was just like well Melanie this is my ex she and I reconnected recently I just didn't know how to tell you and the girls you know he's like telling the girl like well me and Melanie have been like seeing each other for the last six months and you know I told her I was supposed to go to like see her family today and I was trying to do both but like time got away from me blah 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 like he just looked like a pathetic dog sitting there on the stairwell honestly and it was just I I don't know how we didn't end up on world star at the time I'll never know because it was just this huge scene in the parking lot and then we're both sitting there cussing him out on the stairwell like it was just it was kind of traumatic and then I remember you know just he after we got everything we could out of him and just me kind of coming back down to my senses and just like looking around and just seeing what I was doing and where I was at I just walked away and I got back in my car I remember I was just crying and crying I remember my cousin Carrie called me because she you know she did she didn't even know what was going on but she was like having to be at my grandma's house 
um, wondering where I was. And she heard me crying. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I kind of gave her a little mini rundown. And I was like, I'm on my way home. Like, I'll be there in a minute. (laughs) And that was very, it was traumatizing. Like, in hindsight, I can laugh like it was crazy. Like, you know, but stuff like that kind of sticks with you. And it just, it, you know, it, it just further creates like this barrier between you and like being able to trust the next person like what he did and what Dante did like those are two very extreme situations like I doubt those will that that will happen again but you know that's kind of hard to just shake off you know you just become very weary and 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 untrusting you know and you just become very suspicious and you just see what some men out there are capable of and you don't want to go out there screaming it's all men all men because it's not but it, it it's it, it doesn't help anything and it, it really just makes you wonder you know what the next one is gonna bring now I do believe after the situation with Mike I did become a little better at mm, paying closer attention to the red flags you know to the to the yellow flags even and making sure I'm asking the right questions and making sure I'm really looking at the person I'm dating for who they are you know and and not building them up in my mind not letting them put a veil over my eyes like really lifting that and just really truly observing them and listening to what they say and not being afraid to question stuff if stuff seems like it's not adding up because I think especially with the mic situation in particular there were a few things leading up to that that I just I didn't really push too much because I didn't want to rock the boat I I just wanted to turn a blind eye and then you know look where it got me not gonna victim blame myself because they're both assholes (laughs) and even if I had pushed and asked questions they probably would have lied anyway but it did help me become a little more vigilant in you know, just, just choosing the right guys and making sure that they're walking their talk, basically. You know, those two situations were kind of like wake up calls. I think I can honestly say that since that last situation, you know, I'm not saying every other dating scenario I've had after has been rainbows and sunshine. I mean, I'm still technically, you know, single, not married. Right. But I, I haven't really run into any more sleaze balls. I'll say that (laughs) I've had, you know, relationships that didn't really work out. You know, I've had some dating blunders, but I feel like the quality of the men has increased. And if they end it's nothing traumatic. It's nothing massive. It's nothing, you know, earth shattering. It's just, you know, maybe we're not compatible or, you know, maybe, I don't know, like there's like a couple of deal breakers that come up. I don't know, something, something normal, you know, something that doesn't need to be talked about in therapy, (laughs) you know? So for that, I'm, you know, I'm kind of grateful because it really opened my eyes and made me use better judgment when it comes to allowing um you know a man into my world and giving them my time and my energy 
and it's translating very well into this new relationship that I'm in. Um, He's given me a lot of positive things to work with from the jump, Um, but I'm taking him as he is. I'm not building him up to be anything any more than what he is showing me, and we're going at a good pace, and I'm asking all the questions and he appreciates and he's very receptive and open and honest about those questions and he gives them right back to me and I don't know I just feel a little more mature going into this situation and whatever the outcome going forward I'm gonna remain like this um, with any other dating scenarios that come up at the end of the day I would just implore everyone to trust your gut (laughs) if something seems off look into that you know why does it feel off I mean sometimes we can have just anxieties and you know worries that kind of are unfounded but if there's something kind of nagging at you I would investigate that because you know with Dante it was like everything on the surface and on paper seemed great but there was just something that was like something is off here And maybe if I paid a little more attention to it and didn't let him like cry baby me out of my decision to dump him, that could have avoided the next six months and that whole, you know, mistress situation or me finding out about it rather. My gut instinct was to grab my keys and go to the valley and see what was going on. I think about it all the time. I'm like, if I just... I don't know, made up an excuse and just told my family like, oh, he's sick. He's not feeling well. Let's just go on with dinner. And, you know, and I just like privately dealt with that later on, like the next day. I can only imagine he may have come up with some big excuse, some big lie and weaseled his way out of really explaining what happened. And I would have never like run into him and his ex like together like I would have never known and it could have gone on for how who knows how long after that and it just would have been dragged out and may have ended up even worse because my feelings would have been more invested like it just it would have been a a a disaster (laughs) but I listened to my instincts Right now, my instincts are telling me that I should probably be wrapping this up now, but I do just want to leave you guys with a little bit of love and light and a well wish for the rest of the week. I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope it's productive. I hope you hit your goals. I hope something wonderful happens to you. I hope something magical happens for you and I will catch you guys next week. Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.